Hello everyone. Welcome to the Wisecast by Sundaram Mutual. We have with us today Rahul Bajal, Senior Fund Manager of Equity at Sundaram Mutual. Welcome to the Wisecast, Rahul. Thank you. Our topic of discussion today is a fund managed by Rahul, Sundaram Select Focus. Are you ready to begin? Yes. All right. So the first question, Rahul, is what is the positioning of Sundaram Select Focus? Sure. So just to give some background to the fund and its history, it's the flagship large cap fund of uh, Sundaram and uh, it got launched about 18 years back. So it's got a long-term track record of about 17% compounding. And I've been running this fund since October 16 onwards. So in terms of the product positioning, broadly, it's a large cap oriented product competing with the other large cap funds in the industry. And the only difference being that it follows a focus style, uh, as the name suggests. And uh, I'll talk about that in detail later, What, how differentiated it is versus some of the other styles in the marketplace. So essentially, it's a large cap fund investing at least 80% in the fund at all points in time in the large caps, which are the top 100 companies as defined by SEBI and following a 30 stock focus style. Okay. So our next question, Rahul. What are the broad changes that you've made to the portfolio in the last three months? Yeah. So the last three months uh, have been clearly very volatile. And ever since the uh, pandemic has uh, hit the world and India, markets have been very volatile since February onward. So we have been monitoring this pandemic progression in the world and in India as well. And on the back of the monitoring which we have done, clearly, Some businesses have got hurt more badly than the others. And as we are going through the recovery phase, uh, we are seeing that some businesses will recover much earlier than the others. And whereas some other businesses uh, will take much longer to recover. So on the back of the recovery that we are seeing and uh, versus the valuations, I made a couple of changes over the last uh, three, four months. And... um, If I were to summarize these changes over the last few months, broadly, in terms of sectoral positioning, what has got changed is that about a 15% shift has happened from sectors like banks and NBFCs and consumer durables, where I think, you know, the, the downside to the business is going to be more. And that 15% allocation has been shifted toward pharmaceuticals, uh, software, and some auto companies. This is clearly also on the back that uh, the recovery, uh, I think, is going to be earlier in these sectors. As we can see in IT industry, it's already you know uh, delivering good results and on the back of good recovery happening in the U.S. markets and even locally. In the two-wheeler segment, for example, the recovery has been much earlier than expected. And pharmaceuticals is more of a defensive kind of a bet uh, in this environment because it's one of the few sectors which is expected to report a positive EBITDA growth, while most of the sectors will probably show a decline uh, in FY21 as we go forward. So these are the broad sector-level changes done over the last three, four months. And... Broadly, the plan is to, you know, follow a middle path. Don't be too aggressive in positioning. uh, Don't be too defensive in positioning. And keep monitoring the recovery ahead. And as and when 
one sees a recovery happening in various businesses or sectors, one will align positioning towards those sectors. Or if the recovery is slow or surprising negatively, then you know, take away allocation away from those sectors and businesses and stocks, keeping the valuations in perspective. So, so going forward, each month is expected to be better than the previous month. And um, uh, the idea is, like I said, is to keep monitoring the pace of recovery and the extent of recovery and accordingly re- keep recalibrating the portfolio. So you've talked about sector positioning and you know how software and pharma are a large part of it. What would you say are the underweight and overweight areas of the fund? So currently, uh, broadly, the areas of overweight which remain the same as before are telecom and corporate banks. And pharma is clearly a new overweight which has emerged in this fund after almost a gap of three years. As you know, I've been managing it uh, since 16 onwards and most of 2017, 18, 19, the sector was an underweight. So pharma is, uh, is an overweight now. And if you look at the underweight side, software has been an underweight. And for the extent of the underweight has got reduced because we are seeing recovery happening in, in the US. Autos, again, on the only on the two-wheeler side, I'm quite bullish on the recovery. The rest of autos, whether it's a CV cycle, or you know the auto components, uh, I'm not bullish. So in autos, it's only two-wheeler where I'm bullish on. NBFCs clearly has been a no-go area uh, for a long time, and that remains an underweight, even more so after COVID crisis. And uh, consumer non-durables, including tobacco, ITC is an underweight. But if you remove ITC, the fund is bullish on stocks like Levers and Britannia. So that's the broad uh, current sector positioning in the fund. All right. Thank you for that. Your next question is, what would be the large cap and mid cap breakup currently? And how do you intend on maintaining it in the near term? Yeah. So uh, like I said before, this is a large cap fund. And therefore, at all points in time, at least 80% is always in the large cap names, which are the top 100 names as defined by SEBI. And uh, at the same time, it has flexibility to invest up to 20% uh, in the mid caps as well. So the last uh, three years, broadly, the mid-cap range has been between 5 and 20%. And current positioning is about 85% in large caps and about 10% uh, in mid-caps. And given the business outlook and uh, the economic recovery that I see ahead and the valuations, uh, I would say I would probably keep uh, the ratio similar uh, in the short to medium term at around 85-90% large caps and about you know, 10 to 15% mid caps. All right. So given that, what would you say has worked for the fund in the last three years? So last three years has been quite, you know, a volatile ride. We had Demon in 2006-16 and then you had huge risk-on rally in 2017, followed by a very narrow large cap rally over 2018-19. And now, you had this COVID crisis uh, hitting the markets uh, early this year. So I think what has worked well for the fund is a combination of many things in this uh, volatile environment. Firstly, clearly sticking to a good uh, bottom-up fundamental investing process uh, on the back of uh, great research uh, which gets generated by our internal in-house team of nine analysts. That serves as the backbone for stock picking and building portfolios and over and above 
that research. I also do my additional due diligence on the various businesses in the way the businesses are going to you know, shape up over the short term, the medium term and the long term. And accordingly, uh, that reflects in the sizing uh, of the portfolio uh, as well. So a combination of these two, along with, you know, blending it with the macro trends uh, at the sector level and at the economy level, I think has led to, you know, consistency in performance. And I think some of the sectors calls, uh, which I like to highlight, which have worked very well for the fund uh, over the last three years are uh, clearly on the positive side. This fund has been overweight on private banks for most of 2017, 18, 19. And that call has gone very well for the fund. Even in select consumer stocks, the stock picking has worked very well for the fund uh, in the discretionary space especially. And at the same time, this fund has played some tactical calls well. Uh, for example, like I said, IT is off late becoming more of an overweight. But at the same time, uh, last year it was an underweight and last last year it was an overweight and those calls have also worked fine. Pharma, like I said, on the underweight side, by being absent in pharma for most of 2017, 18, 19, when it was underperforming, instead of having a low weightage, I was virtually absent in the sector. And that has also helped contribute to the performance in the alpha. So I think these calls along with the telecom call, I think we were very early in this fund on the telecom call. Uh, ATEL has been a big position right from early last year. And even Reliance has been a top three position in the fund uh, for the better part of two years. So I think a combination of all these uh, sector calls have worked very well for the fund over the last three years. Uh, so if I were to summarize, I would say, you know, um, combination of following a disciplined investing process and having a very bottom-up uh, approach, blending it with the top-down trends, avoiding making big mistakes, and being conscious of you know macro cycles. I think a combination of all these has resulted in consistent performance over the last three years. So this brings us to our last question. What is the USP of this fund? Okay, that's a, that's a good question. So I think, uh, like I said, it's a fund in the large cap space. So large caps are broadly the top 100 names. So how do you uh, differentiate and create a USP? So because you have to create alpha and you have to create consistency in quartile performance. So a few things which I think are USP in this fund are one, it's following a focus style, a 30 stock portfolio, uh, which is uh, different from most other traditional diversified large cap funds in the marketplace, which have about 50 stocks in the portfolio. And the idea is to have you know, uh, a few high conviction calls in terms of sector overweight and underweights and stock underweight and overweights. Um, and in areas which I, you know, I'm not bullish at all, I'm okay being absent also. So I think a few high conviction calls and getting high accuracy on them, making low mistakes is, you know, is working for this fund. And uh, the idea is uh, when you have a 30 stock portfolio, to have about 25 large caps out of the 100 large caps, so one out of four large caps, and like I said, four or five of the mid caps, and and try to have a high degree of accuracy. And uh, I think this, if done well and consistently, 
not only it can create alpha, uh, but it can also lead to consistency in performance. Another thing I think which uh, this fund does differently and is the USP of this fund is that uh, how it you know approaches selling. So since it's a 30 stock portfolio, there's only a limited number of ideas you can have. So whenever um, I see you know the fundamental thesis changing for the adverse or uh, worsening, then typically I tend to reduce or you know exit the stock and you know look for a better idea. Or even if the idea of the portf- in the portfolio is doing fine, but I see a better idea outside in the large cap space, uh, then I would you know like to you know replace it uh, with the uh, existing idea. But since I can have only thirty ideas at a time, thirty best ideas remain in the time, so it leads to a little bit of churn. So I think a combination of all these things is seems to be working as a strategy for the fund versus the other traditional uh, diversified large caps, and it's it's working in in the sense because there is evidence also over the last three four years this fund has uh, been uh, beating the benchmark over many time periods um, and also been consistent in the first and the second quartile over one year three year five year seven year which only a few funds in the marketplace uh, are doing so i think these are these are some of the characteristics which are uh, which are usp of this fund and they seem to be working in terms of creating alpha as well as creating consistency in fund performance over uh, short term, medium term, as well as a long term. Wow, that really sounds like an interesting fund, Rahul, especially the part about having the 30 best ideas in your portfolio. Thank you for taking the time out to join us on the Wisecast. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. Bye-bye. The Wisecast is a podcast initiative by Sundaram Mutual. We hope you like listening to us as much as we love presenting it to you. Stay tuned to the Wisecast to learn more about the world of mutual funds and investing. Mutual fund investments are subject to market risks. Read all scheme-related documents carefully.